Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. How is everyone? Great. You look good. You look good. Man, it's almost like ready for some cooler weather here, huh? Yeah, they uh, they had a fall festival yesterday. Sucker should have been called like spring to early summer festival. It was hot outside. Uh, I went out there expecting to, uh, you know, uh, feel a little fall in the air. And uh, yeah, it was not that. It was hot. Uh, and if they just would have like, I guess, paused it and did it on Wednesday, it looks like we're going to get some fall air. So, uh, yeah, if you don't like the weather in Florida, stick around a while, right? Well, listen, today we're going to continue the series, uh, What's in a Name? Um, I've decided to actually continue this series uh, for the next several weeks because God's been doing some very unique things. You know, when we dial in to his character and we begin to study who our Heavenly Father really is, it empowers us in a unique way as to how to approach him. Uh, it gives us information uh, as to the characteristics uh, that he brings to the table as our father. And so today I want to talk to you uh, about his name, Jehovah Sidkenu. Jehovah Sidkenu. Uh, the name Sidkenu is a, uh, it stems from the Hebrew word Sedek, which means righteousness. So when you put the words in Hebrew together, Jehovah Sidkenu, what you have is the Lord God, our righteousness, our righteousness. Aren't you glad today uh, that our righteousness isn't based on our actions? Is there anybody else in here today that takes just, just wants to give God a, just a second of praise to say thank you, that it's not based on my actions, but... Yeah, as I was as I was studying, uh, I always go back to the first time we see the term, uh, and let me tell you, it was kind of hard to find because the term sedek uh, in uh, Hebrew is used uh, more than a thousand times in the Old Testament, uh, and it and it it translates randomly to right, righteous, righteousness, just, justify, or declared innocent. I really like that one, declared innocent. Can I tell you, there's an accuser of your soul, and he's night and day before the Lord, uh, always accusing us to God and our failures. And I love that because uh, God is Jehovah Sidkenu. He says, I'm sorry, but this child you're accusing uh, to me is made righteous through my son Jesus. So I don't see their failures even though you bring them before me day and night, all I see is a blood-covered child uh, who has received the perfection of the blood of Christ, and they are forever perfect in front of me. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Uh, but there is a group of people that God desires to be Jehovah Sidkenu for that have yet to receive him. Not just here in America, but specifically talking about the Jewish people. And it's interesting that the first time we see uh, Jehovah Sidkenu is in a, a prophetic utterance of restoration, uh, speaking about a branch 
that is splitting in Israel between the northern and the southern kingdoms. Uh, and, and, and Jeremiah, the prophet, is speaking in such a way that he's saying that God desires to be righteousness for everyone, but there's going to be a season that they will not receive him. But how many know there's a day coming that they will, right? Did you know uh, that you are in a season of grace right now? I, I, don't, I don't know why you're here today. You, you may be here for the first time, and if you're here, I just want to thank you for being here. But I also want to let you know that nothing happens by happen chance. And that you're here on a very special day. It's so special, in fact, that the enemy's been attacking me with a migraine since about four o'clock this morning. And can I tell you something? I've learned in ministry, whenever the enemy attacks, we swing back. Right? And it's usually when I'm talking about something where eternity is on the line. And so uh, the reason I share that with you today is because if today's your first day, uh, I really want you to pay attention to what's being spoken about. Because what we're talking about today pays uh, uh, eternal dividends. This is a big situation, becoming the righteousness of God. And what does that mean? Well, let's, let's go to the, the scripture first, and let's see exactly the first time we see Jehovah Sidkenu. It's in Jeremiah chapter 23. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. And, uh, and, and stay with me because there's, there's a lot going on here. And if I see any puzzled looks, I'll stop and kind of go in a little, but, but stay with me. Uh, verse one of Jeremiah 23. Uh, let's read. It says, Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pastures. Shepherds at the time, uh, prophetically speaking, were the kings were the kings, they were the people who oversaw. So you would be safe to read this as, woe to the leaders who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds or leaders who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful, increase in number. Now, now this is a prophecy uh, that was currently going on that was going to take thousands of years to come to fruition and that you and I get to watch the ending to in a front row seat, literally on day to day on the television. It's pretty powerful stuff. What was going on is these different kings, uh, typically the kings of the northern kingdom, which you remember was separated into two kingdoms. Israel, because of uh, bad leadership, got separated into a northern and a southern kingdom, which was Israel and Judah. Well, the northern kingdoms were basically sellouts. These kings, if somebody came in and rattled a saber at them, they would give up and they would, they would cave in. And because of that, people from Israel were being taken to Babylon. They were being taken all over the Middle East as slaves, uh, some of them as, as potential new leaders and new cultures. But all of these leaders were caving in instead of going to God as, as their strength. They were turning and saying, oh, we give up. 
And because of these kings' lack of spiritual leadership, think about that. Because of the lack of their leadership, now God's people have been scattered all over the place. And did you know this scattering, uh, a lot of it is still going on today, that there are people who were from Israel who are all the way up in Russia now, who are uh, all the way over into uh, the Western European countries because they were scattered in this day. And God says, I'm going to bring my children home. And we saw a great restoration of the people of Israel in the 60s when Israel was given back their sovereignty. Uh, We saw a huge increase in their population all the way up into the 2010s. And isn't it it something? It says, I'll bring them back to their pasture uh, where they will be fruitful and increase in their numbers. We have seen the people of Israel increase in numbers unlike any other country in the world because it's not just a birth rate, it's a coming home rate. Amen. And so there's some very cool stuff going on in this scripture that I need you to pay attention to. So let's keep going. It says, uh, I will place. Now God's starting to tell, when I take back over, here's what I'm going to do. When I step into this mess, here's what I'm going to do. Not only will I bring them back and they'll be fruitful and increase in number. He says, I'll place shepherds over them who will tend them. And they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. Let me explain what's going on. There are four prophetic utterances about a king that comes from the line of David. This is a conversation about Jesus. They are saying there is a king who is like no other, and he will come from the line of David, which actually came from the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. And so he's saying all of these kings in the north are doing what they want to do. There's 10 tribes in the north, two tribes in the south left. And from those two tribes in the south, the tribes of Judah, he says there's going to be a king who comes. And by the way, he'll be a descendant of David. And you can trace his genealogy. I love it that the scripture leaves nothing for us to go uh, missing. We can find it all in the word. Uh, How many of you have ever stumbled upon a, a genealogy list in the scripture? And it just crossed your eyes and you thought, what on earth is this for? Well, that's there so that you can trace the genealogy back and prove prophetic utterances like this true. That there is a king from the lineage of David himself who is going to reign forevermore. Are you grateful for that? And it says that he says, I'm going to raise up uh, for David a righteous branch. This is going to be something uh, that, that, that has a righteousness unlike other kings. He's going to be able to walk in a righteousness. This is a king who will reign not just wisely, but he'll do what's just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. So we know this has not yet come. When you fire 5,000 rockets on Israel and they come under fire, we know that the real king of Israel has not taken the throne yet. Amen. It says, but can I tell you, 
uh, keep your eye on the eastern sky, church, uh, because the redemption of Israel draws nigh. Yeah. Amen. Uh, we're living in some really cool times, and just cut the news on and watch it. It's it's really powerful what's going on, and it ties into uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah, Ezekiel. I mean, you pretty much can throw a dart at the Bible right now and see something going on in the news. But now let, let's finish this reading. It says, this is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. That's the first time in the Hebrew. It says, and he will be called Jehovah Sidkenu. It's the first time God has given that name. There's a righteousness that will take place. See, right now, if you speak to someone who's in Judaism, someone who is a Jew, their righteousness comes from the law. Their righteousness comes from doing according to a list of expectations, 613 Hebraic laws, by the way, that they have to maintain, whether it's kosher food, whether it's eating on certain days at certain times or, or, or fasting on certain days on certain times. There's an entire list of things that they must do to be considered righteous. There are certain places where they have to go bathe. There are certain places where they have to go cleanse themselves. There is, I mean, the list is exhaustive. But, but, but for the sake of time, can I, can, I, can I tell you that the list that you and I in our own strength trying to be righteous is exhaustive too? If, if, if you try to live righteous in and of yourself, you will fail and you will be tired. You will. Why do I say that? Because, man, I tried it. I tried living this fear-based, law-guided life. And let me tell you where it leaves you. It leaves you failed, frustrated, and questioning your relationship to God. But there is this thing called righteousness. That God said you in and of your strength are not able. You're not able to bring it to pass. And so we, we, uh, we fast forward into the New Testament and we find a whole new picture of God being our righteousness. And here's, here's the, 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 one of the best parts of it. In Romans chapter 10, verse 1 through 4, I'll give you a second to get there. We see both God's heart for the Jews, but also for you and I. Watch this, Romans chapter 10, verse 1 through 4 says, Brothers and sisters, this is Paul again. Um, chapter 10, verse 1 through 4 of Romans. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. He says, my prayer for the Jews is that they're saved. Well, you and I know how to be saved, right? Just in case you don't, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you are saved. And he says, there's something going on. They don't believe in their heart and they're not confessing with their mouth, but it's my prayer that they do, that they, they may be saved. He says, for I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. They're lacking the connection. He says they, they, they've missed the knowledge of who the Messiah is, right? Watch this. Is, Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, he says they're trying to make their own righteousness, they did not submit to whose righteousness? God's righteousness, right? 
which means your righteousness in and of yourself is different than God's righteousness. Man, I could, boy, I could preach on that. It says Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Are you grateful for that today? He says that Christ came, and he didn't just come to bring a normal righteousness. He came to take care of all of those 613 laws and then to lay a righteousness upon you that the Scripture says is a light burden. It's not heavy. It's not hard to carry. And uh, let's, let's keep reading today. I want the Word of God to speak clearly today about righteousness. Um, Romans chapter 3. Verses 21 through 24. Romans chapter 3, verse 21 through 24 says, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. Stop right there. That's what Jeremiah was talking about. He was prophesying about a righteousness that is to come. And now in Romans, Paul is reiterating that all the prophets spoke about this righteousness. And he says, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ. To who? All who believe. Can I tell you this? There is a, there is a vile teaching called Calvinism out there right now. You need to be careful with that. That's like playing with a viper. You might mess with it a few times and be fine, but eventually that poison will get into you. You need to leave that alone. That says that there's a limited grace. Can I tell you, God's grace is not limited. It is not going to fall short. And it is strong enough to carry every person from the beginning of time to the last baby born. Amen. God's grace is not limited. I have a problem with that. Because, you know, if it is limited, how do we know who got it? And if, he, if God already knows, what's the point in trying? I'm going to tell you something. I have a problem with that. Either way, I'm, but this scriptures like this tell us that there is a righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ, not to those who were predestined, but to all who believe. Amen. Are you grateful that you're part of all who believe today? Holy smokes. Wasn't going to get on that soapbox, but dadgummit, I will. It says, there is no difference. Well, listen to this. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Do you know what that means? That means when you go back in the Old Testament and you see all of the covenants and the blessings and the love and the protection and the increase, it's all for you today. Amen. He says this. It is, there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. And then this is one of the most beautiful things in all the Bible, as far as I'm concerned. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified for the low, low price. All are justified who attend this certain church. For all are justified who speak to their, uh, 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 who go and they have confession. What's it say? Freely. Freely. 
You mean this thing has no price to it? You mean all I have to do is confess and believe? What a deal. And all are justified freely by what? His grace to the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. We are on the doorstep of righteousness. We're almost there. Are you ready? Are you ready? Second yes. Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Why? So that we can brag about our righteousness. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us uh, so that we can uh, look down our nose at other people. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In case you're wondering, it's okay to give God a hand clap of praise about being his righteousness. Now, I got about, I don't know, a few minutes left. The righteousness of God. He gave him who knew no sin so that you and I could become Think just, just a few seconds. Let's just let our paradigms expand to what it is. You see, righteousness in our own paradigm means I'm not in trouble anymore. No more spankings, right? No, that's, that's what righteousness in the human element is because we always think about what the lack of it will cost us. But I'm telling you, we as a body of believers need to start thinking about what being the righteousness of God gives us. Let's go back all the way to Genesis. Follow me for a second. Righteousness is simply this. Doing what you're told. I tell my kids all the time, if you want to stay out of trouble, all you got to do is watch your toe. It ain't rocket science. I tell you, take trash out, take trash out. You ain't never going to have no drama with me and mama if, if you just do what we tell you to do. That's your righteousness. But that's your righteousness in me and Wendy. Right? Just do what you're told. Get your homework done. Right? There's certain things we expect out of our kids. You know, don't beat up on one another, right? Keep your hands to yourself. Act right. Act like your daddy, not your mama, right? <laughs> I better stop. I have, uh, I tell them, hey, don't do this. And how many know their kids, they're going to make mistakes? So they, they, they fail. And then there is a punishment that comes with the failure. It's generally something like for Gabe, no video games. For Maddie, 
no yarn. <laughs> I don't even know if we've ever punished her. <laughs> Sorry, Maddie. I'm, I don't know. I have to work in another way, different sermon, I guess. I don't know. For Nora, it's, you know, no candy or not a milkshake after school or whatever, you know, she's got on the line. And because of this happening over and over in our life, righteousness becomes something that we just try to get by so that we maintain what we currently have. Watch this. Please pick this up. What would be different is if they understood righteousness from the aspect of their father's heart. That they don't execute my will to keep from getting in trouble, but they start executing my will because they know my desire is to bless them with that action. Man, get that. Get that. Because so many of us have had a relationship to God through bad theology that says he's up there with a lightning bolt waiting to strike you every time you blow it. But can I tell you something? There is nothing further from the truth. He loved you so much that he sought throughout heaven and he said, where is a sacrifice that is so great that I can sin once and for all and create in them a righteousness that they cannot overwhelm with their sin. What? And he looks across and he sees only one. The Bible says that he looked all through heaven and found only one worthy. Jesus. And now through him, we have become the righteousness of God. Did you hear what just came out of my mouth? Have you even pondered what that means? You are not yourself when you stand before God. You are not your list of failures when you stand before God. Because Jehovah Sidkenu has put his son's blood on you so that now when you stand at the judgment seat, at the place where it says that every knee will bow and tongue will confess. Let's just, let's, let's just picture this. All rise. Joshua Neal's coming in to be just. I know I'm guilty. I know I'm guilty. Did you know I knew it was a sin when I did most of them? Guilty as charged. Knowing I'm guilty. Walking into the throne room of God. The whole time the devil in one corner saying, let me tell you, it started when he was about three. <laughs> he would steal candy from his brother. 
he would do. And then, and then by the time it gets to the age that I am, the list is so exhaustive that I have probably blown every law, 613 of them. And I stand there completely without excuse, without hope, completely to blame for my actions. And so God speaks and he says, how do you plea? And just as the words guilty are about to come out of my mouth, Jesus stands up and says, I haven't spoke on the topic. I was wounded for his transgressions, bruised for his iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon me. Even his sickness was upon my back. I've got something to say about his righteousness. God says, Jesus, this has nothing to do with you. He says, oh, it has everything to do with me. And I can just hear the devil. It's not his job. Sit him down. This is about Josh, not Jesus. Jesus said, well, the problem is, is one day he put his faith in me. And so now when I speak, I speak for him. And so now when he stands before the throne, I have to stand before the throne. Because there was an exchange that was made that he no longer stands in his righteousness. He stands in mine. And one after the other, the enemy says, well, what about sin number one? He goes, I don't remember it. Just blot it out. What about when he was 16? And man, he, 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 Jesus, it's covered. And as they read off my sins, this stain begins to cover, this blood stain begins to cover the sheet. And the Bible calls it the atonement of the blood of the spotless lamb. And every mistake I've ever made is atoned for. I'm standing there in front of the God of all righteousness. He says, innocent. Innocent by way of righteousness. This man is free to enter eternity into heaven. Are you grateful for righteousness today? It's not just, I dodge my sins. That's just the beginning. That's just one of the beautiful elements of righteousness. But see, when, Maddie, come here, come here. Stop right there, freeze. Now, when something comes between me and Maddie, it creates this chasm between us. And you and I sin, our sin 
creates this chasm to where we hide from God. We duck and dive from God, right? We, 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 we live a life like we know him, but because of our sin, we stay far back because we've been taught he's waiting in wrath. When in reality, he's just begging us. He's like, no, please just come on. Don't let the sin stop you. Come on. Don't let, I'm here. Come on. Stop. Now let me show you what really happens. We think we're staying away from him and the whole time he's running toward us. And he's saying, there's nothing that you could ever do to make me love you less. But when I get to you, let me clean you. Let me wash you white as snow. I don't want you damaged by the enemy's sin anymore. And I don't want you struggling with the weight of shame any longer. And I don't want you bound by depression. I don't want the enemy to have a foothold of you to remind you of your failures of the past. So see, this is the beauty of righteousness is that now I'm restored to the beloved. Now it's not a matter of getting right so I'm not punished. Now it's a matter of staying right because I love his heart. And see, the lie has always been that God is looking to punish. Can I tell you, he would not be worthy of the term Jehovah Sidkenu if he was not looking to make you his righteousness. And so in all of his doing, in all of his creation, from the beginning of time until now, there's been this beautiful story about children who make mistakes. Thank you, Maddie. The one child who doesn't make mistakes. <laughs> and, 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 and they, they, they make mistakes. Every child does. But when they call him father, he lets us realize that he's more interested in the child than the mistake. We have, God forgive us for ever teaching that wrong. That God focuses more on the sin than he does the person. Show me that in the scripture. Show me to where your sin is so great that God loses what he values you at and puts more value on your sin. And so because he values you infinitely more than he could ever care about your mistakes. He said, I'm going to function in such a way that even the children who haven't acknowledged me will know me as Jehovah Sitkanu so that when the day comes and it's coming, there's going to be a revival amongst the Jews unlike the world has ever known. But he says, when they finally figure out that I'm not this parent that's waiting to strike them for their mistakes, when they finally figure out that I'm not up here just nickel and diming them, trying to pin them to hell for eternity, but I'm a lifeline. 
I'm watching my children die and I want them to live. When we begin to put God in our minds correctly, what more beautiful way than to call him righteousness? And then to be a child of righteousness. That he who knew no sin became sin for us. That we, now watch this, we don't walk in the righteousness of God. We're not temporarily covered by the righteousness of God. We don't from time to time duck and dive in and out of the righteousness of God. What does the word say? You become the righteousness of God. Amen. Amen. Is God good? Is he good? Stand up on your feet. Yeah, God is good. Jehovah Sidkenu, he is the God of righteousness. Not going to take a lot of time with us today. But you may have been you may have been raised like I was raised. To where he was more like the God of judgment than he was the God of righteousness. Can I tell you, he is a great judge. But he's your father. And he loves you. And if you've allowed fear to separate you from God, today's the day to stop that. If you've allowed your sin uh, to be stronger than his righteousness, if you've allowed your mistakes to outweigh his grace, you need to stop that today. And you need to receive him in the right character, in the right nature as to who he is. And so if you're here, if, if you would just, everybody just close your eyes. Nobody looking around. That's just a moment I want to have for the people I'm going to pray for. If you're here and you say, Josh, I, man, I, I, I like this righteousness business. I'll have some of that. And you say, I, I, man, I, I, I mess up all the time. And I don't know that I know that I've really confess this. I don't know that I'm walking in this. I don't know that I've made him the Lord and Savior of my life. If you're here with nobody looking around, can I tell you, he loves you and we love you and you're in a safe place and I'm not going to call you forward. But what I am going to ask you to do is if that's you and you want to firm up, you want the assurance that you have made a public proclamation of faith. If that's you today, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Praise God. Praise God. Hands all over the room. Praise God. Praise God. So, Father, you see the hands. You see the hands. I can't even count them. You see the hands. Lord, reveal your loveliness to these precious people. Reveal your loveliness to them. Show them that you are not out to attack them. You are out to embrace them. That the only thing you chase in us is our hearts. That you want to be with us and near us. I thank you for loving us in a very real and special way. So Lord, as we pray this prayer together, hear the words of your people, but see the desire of our hearts as well. 
and I'll give you praise for it. Everybody, saints all around, everybody repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for being righteous, for being my righteousness. Thank you for sending Jesus who knew no sin to become my sin that I could become your righteousness. I receive you as Savior and Lord. I'm a new creation today. And I thank you for loving me the way you do. Walk with me as I grow in you. Teach me from your word and I'll be grateful. I love you and you love me. Thank you for this relationship. You are my God. I am your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Is God good, church? Lord, bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace, both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our heads, the soles of our feet, I thank you. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Thank you, Lord, that we're going to change our minds and expand our understanding of your righteousness this week. We have become the righteousness of God. I thank you for that. Thank you that you're Jehovah Sidkenu. You are the God of righteousness. Thank you. I pray you'd bring us back next week with more wisdom and more of your word locked away in our hearts. And Lord, for anyone who raised their hand, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal your loveliness wave upon wave upon wave as this week continues out. We love you. We give you praise in all things. Bring us back with more wisdom and more of your word next week. We'll give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.